Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Let Lisa Help. Former insult comic Lisa Lampanelli is now a full-fledged life coach, and she wants to help you whether you like it or not. Join the former queen of mean as she continues her journey as the queen of meaning. She'll share her life experiences, the tools she's learned along the way, and a healthy dose of humor. So if you have a problem, let Lisa help. And now, here's your host, Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the former queen of mean, now the queen of meaning. Today on Let Lisa Help, we're going to talk to Christine Schieffer from And That's Why We Drink, my favorite podcast in the effing world. We're going to be talking about not taking things personally, oy vey, and on how not to try to please everyone. But I hope you're all pleased with this episode of Let Lisa Help. And now here's my interview with Christine Schieffer, And That's Why We Drink. This is Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the former queen of mean, now known as the queen of meaning. And I am here on a brand new but kind of old podcast, the podcast that you never thought you could live without. And now you realize you can. And let Lisa help. We, oh, I don't know, attempt to help people in the studio. I help myself because how can I be of service to you unless I am physically and emotionally perfect? And we help other people who are without the studio, meaning outside of the, as people do say. Today, my special guest in the studio is one half of the very fantastic podcast, and that's why we drink, a personal friend and favorite of mine, Christine Schieffer, or is it Schaefer? <laughs> or is it Lampugnally because you married my nephew, bitch? I did, and I somehow still didn't take your guy's last name, sorry. I know, I kind Ooh. of feel like that's your issue. Is this what this is going to be about It's today? all about you not owning it. <laughs> no, Christine, I met, let me tell you something. Oh boy. This Christine, my assistant Jackie, when I had an actual assistant and didn't just borrow Christine's, <laughs> my assistant said, you are obsessed with Christine because I felt a kinship towards her. I felt like we had a lot of the same issues, yet different in a way of like, we're still working through things, but there were a lot of things that we sort of... I went through in my 20s, and I'm still going through now. And I said, I like this kid. And now that you're not a kid anymore, but a multi-million... Yeah. <laughs> nice millionaire, <laughs> Multi-million downloaded podcast oh, okay. Member. I was like, How where are we that? going with that line? That, I was like, oh my God, I totally need to have her on my show. I'm Aww. so... Thank you for well, coming. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Listen, you have to be. I know. We had so much fun yesterday, we people. We did. Now, I'll tell you something. There is very... Uh, a very much neglected part of our lives called play. For many years, I did not allow myself to have fun. My manager would say to me, Lisa, you need a vacation. That's why you're such a huge C word. And I said, you know what? Eventually I said, you're right. You're right. Only took 15 years. Um, but then I finally took a vacation. And what I've been finding lately is play is good for the soul. So yesterday, Christine and I and her husband slash my nephew, Blaze. The one in the went, center of it all. The only normal C the only that we have. Who actually has a normal brain function. We went to Target. Now, Target is not a sponsor. They probably never will be. I, I wish. I, oh, I wish they God. were. I'd get free, like, everything. Get free, free $5 t-shirts. Oh, my God. Yeah, I even bought her a $5 t-shirt. Let me tell you, we laughed. We did the boomerangs. We bought <laughs> silly things. 
This, to me, lightened the soul. So I think play should be an everyday part of people's lives. Christine, do you make an effort to put play into your lives? Because let me tell you something. Oh, looking at that Instagram, it feels to me <laughs> as if you have fun. Do I you? think we have fun. Well, especially when we're traveling so much, there's really no other way to get through it. I don't think we'd all pull You're each right. other's hair out. Seriously. Seriously. You travel with M, who yes. is a guest on this podcast as well. That's and right. he is the other half of And That's Why We Drink. And Eva. Who's here between who, us, who can't escape me, I yes, guess. <laughs> she cannot. I, I borrowed her for the week so that I don't have to transcribe my own tapes. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think when you have people on the road mm-hmm. and you're out for multiple days, right? if you don't do something that is has nothing to do with work, you literally want to kill either yourself or each other. Or both. I mean, I was driving the car. There were a couple of times I saw that guardrail and I was like, well, we could all just kind of I know. veer off the road. What else ironic about that? What's that? You have the Crohn's. <laughs> I do. Now, I don't, I'll tell you why I brought it up. I wasn't even going to bring it up. I forgot about it. And with your constant fucking complaining, I don't know how I do. <laughs> No, I'll remind you. Don't worry. No, but honestly, I had a friend once who had Crohn's and I remember once he was driving the car and he said, I'm so mad. I'm going to just drive into this car and kill us all. And you were in the car? Yeah, I think that's a Crohn's thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a side effect. I'll talk to my doctor. (laughs) It's like being on the toilet a lot and killing people (laughs) in a guardrail accident. It's entirely possible. But yeah, no, I mean, even when we're driving around and we see like, oh, stop, live baby gators. We're like, well, we got to stop now. But we saw the baby gators. That was life-changing. Here's my question. Why do you think people eventually don't do that? Because I'm the type who, when Frank DeCaro used to open for me, he'd say, let's do this, let's do that. And I'd say, Mm. I'm tired. How about you go out and do things and have experiences and you love to talk about it, you come tell me what happened. And (laughs) And I'll live live vicariously. Do you think there comes an age at which people do stop? I think. Well, I think I'm naturally like that. I'm Mm -hmm. very much a homebody and I'm very much tired all the time. I think I have to kind of force myself to be that way almost. And I found that I never regret it afterward. And so I kind of... That's good. Yeah. And I feel like we do... Sometimes I really hope Em in the backseat does not see the live baby gator sign. And I'm like, please, Lord, do not make me stop. No, I know. Exactly. Um, Or like world's biggest golf tee or whatever we might be passing. And so we always have to stop. And I feel like the parent who's like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's always fun. It makes good Instagram content. I'll tell you that much. It sure Uh, does. (laughs) It looks like you're having a blast. Right. And it is always fun. And it's kind of like a moment of, okay, we're not working right now. We can all... But it it takes effort on my part sometimes. That's what I'm trying to say. I think a lot of people in the audience, and especially people like in their 40s and 50s, will go, you know what? I I I I don't want to go. I'm all comfortable at home. Like you're comfortable makes me in the tired, car. man. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have that excuse, and it makes me tired. I'm tired all the time. But I think then the point being, you take the action which leads to the joy right. versus giving giving just up altogether. Saying it's easier to just plow on, keep going. Yeah. So as corny as it sounds, the joy is in the journey, literally, because if you're pulling over. And not worried about your destination right. as much, then it's a much better life. Totally. Stop and see the baby gators. Stop and yeah, smell that the should be like a bumper taffy. sticker. Yeah. Stop T- and TM, see TM, the baby TM. gators. Trademark. Yeah, that, I'm trademarking that because <laughs> it's my show. So shut up. <laughs> now I know one issue you and I definitely have in common is because I was writing my list and my list is about 25 long and I'm 57, so I'm like, oh my god, I have 25 <laughs> issues still. <laughs> And I'm not going to go so into the huge – well, this one's probably something – 
that afflicts so many people out there, which is we take things personally. Oh, very personally. And that's how Christina, Christine and I first bonded because we met up when you were at grad school in Boston. That's right. And I took you out to dinner, probably to try to suck up to you a little bit. I don't know. Probably the other way around, let's probably, be honest. because yeah. I'm famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you had mentioned something about taking something oh, personally. I remember I went into this dinner truly to, with that intention of asking you about this. Wow. And yeah. what, seriously, though, what I think that's a great thing to point out to the listeners. What made you brave enough to say, I'm going to take a chance and just like blurt this out? What was it? Was it with you? Yeah. I think I was just desperate yeah. <laughs> for some help. Most seriously. people talk to me yeah. out of desperation. And <laughs> Most people befriend you out of <laughs> join your family out <laughs> they of do. desperation. They do, and it, it happens. So you just said, "I just have to talk to somebody." I was did. it in the business? You know and it's so weird because I'm thinking back, and I remember like very intentionally wanting to ask you that. And I did not have a podcast. I did not know what a podcast was, if I'm being honest. Right. I did not. I mean, I was in grad school, but that was the extent of my like public. Mm. awareness like I didn't have any you know so I don't know maybe it was something classmates or teachers and now I'm on a whole different scale of everyone sees my Instagrams and comments you know things things are strangers are commenting to me so it's definitely still an issue but it's just interesting that I totally forgot about that. I love that you had asked that. And I know the book by, I think it's Miguel, Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes, you had me uh, read that. Yeah, The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. I forget his exact name, but one of them is, it's one of them is always do your best, always speak the truth, never make assumptions and don't take things personally. And I know the hardest is don't take things personally. But the cutest thing was I sent you the book. Yeah. And then when I saw you the next Christmas, you're like, oh, I have your book back and tried to return. I go, Dude, what do you think? I'm poor. I bought it for you. Jesus. I think I apologize for folding one of the folding pages a play, down. page. I, felt so I know. Guilty. But the thing was, too, taking things personally. I am a victim of taking things personally all the time because okay, listen. Twice I took things personally yesterday. Uh oh. This is from me. So, I was with you for one most of was the day. with you, Uh-oh. and you'll laugh. Oh no. Because think of how ridiculous this is. Okay, you Instagram this morning. I was sad, so my brother put on trolls for me. And I got in a better mood or whatever. Yeah. So I say to myself, what could I have done to make you in a good mood? Because I was like, well, she was in a good mood when she I left. I almost texted you but about that. But clearly I didn't do enough. So my need to fix and help, and a lot of people out there, I think you can relate, go, oh my God, if I can't make that person happy 24-7, then I'm a failure. Uh-huh. So of course, I instantly use a tool from coaching and I talk myself out and go, that has nothing to do with sure. you. And by the way, if it does, she'll bring it up or whatever. Because I wouldn't be horrible. It's like, yes, I am sad because of you, Lisa. Yeah, that's actually you why I brought you bought here today. To fake nails. <laughs> you didn't buy the gummy you melatonin me for me. <laughs> you bought me the chalky pill version and I'm still hung up about it. But isn't it funny how we do take things personally? Yes. The second thing was I was on my coaching call today, which means a uh, coaching class, you have a group you before you graduate and get certified, you have to coach each other. Mm-hmm. So I on these coaching calls, I always volunteer to get coaching because it's like free help. Sure. Like why not even from these Yenta students? <laughs> so today and they know I'm hardcore. Like right. I'll be like, no, I don't agree with that or whatever. Yeah. Today the the uh, master coach says, well, Lisa volunteered to, to be coached. Who wants to coach Lisa? Literally oh, two full minutes go by God, and no one is volunteering. The panic. In and the panic minutes. to me was like, they know I'm hardcore. They hate me. They know I'll yell at them. Sure. They know I'll tell the truth. And then I go, you know what? If I do, if that happens to be the truth yeah. for all of them, 
that's okay. Right. That's their problem, not mine. That's they tough, need though. to challenge it. But we have to talk ourselves out of right. it. So do you find, how do you find when you're taking something personally, if you can remember like a specific time or just a little instance, do you remember how you got yourself out of spinning? Because we do spin. Oh, spin. Yeah. That, my psychiatrist loves to tell me to stop spinning. I do yeah. Constantly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's actually really funny that you brought that up because as I was posting that, my yeah. first thought was, oh my gosh, I hope Lisa doesn't think that this is about like, because right, my right. brain works the same way and thinking outwardly of everyone else must take everything I say personally too. Of course. So it's funny. It had nothing to do with you to be clear. Of course it didn't because I'm fantastic. Because we went to Target and <sighs> played boomerangs and had quite a time. Poor right. Blaze should have been crying. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like I if know. anyone had the right to be sad yesterday. Yeah, I guess if <sighs> I do take things very, I mean, even little things like mm-hmm. even if somebody, I mean, like you said, it, if even if it could very well not have anything to do with me or we'll get emails sometimes that are like, right, clearly this is somebody else's issue. I think that's a big thing, too, right. that I've kind of taken in from other people um, giving me advice is that, like, it's more of a reflection on that person, maybe than you. Like if someone's calling me, I've been called a bully and that kind of thing. And like, right. I mean, you would understand that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the last thing that I would, that's of like course. my ultimate insult to me. And so when people say that, sometimes I have to like really sit back and think like, First of all, is that a fact? Like, is that a factual statement? And if no, then like maybe that's something that they're handling and going through, and Mm -hmm. that's not on me to take person. But it's very hard. I don't know. It is hard, but I think a great you you had the beginnings there when you said, "Is it factually true?" That's the beginnings of this really great tool we use in coaching. Um, Byron Katie, Mm -hmm. who's a phenomenal, she invented this thing called the work, which is like literally like dissolving. The thought if it's not true. Sure. So say, for instance, you get an email saying, Christine, you're a bully, which is so weird to me because like, <laughs> it happens you seem totally the opposite. Like, I can understand where they would misunderstand my act in the past and go, right, oh, you're right. a bully. And I'll have to be like, oh, I'm sorry. You felt sure. that way. But suppose you are a non-bullier from I way try back. so hard to not be. I know. Right? It's, it's, like, it's almost like the more we try not to, exactly. the more they're going to say I think it. sometimes people find that Almost. And they're like, well, this is the thing that'll get to them. And right. They, they find it. And also it's the universe testing us to see, sure. oh, here, let's see if she takes this personally. Yep. Maybe it's it's all practice. It's a push. So it's it a... happens for us. Totally. So, okay. So you're a bully. So the work by Byron Katie is so fantastic because if you said to me in a coaching session, you know, I'm really sad because someone called me a bully. Sure. In that moment, the four questions are, the first question is, in that moment, is that true? And usually in that moment, it's we feel it might be true because that's oh yeah they w- it wouldn't have stuck to us. I spiral into they know better, they know me better. Like than if I they know. said to you you're stupid, you right. wouldn't take it on because you kind of know like it's not I'm true. Like, All right, nice try. Right? Yeah. yeah See, totally. in roasts, I always used to say they'll never say I'm unfunny or untalented or stupid, and those wouldn't hurt anyway. Sure. Yeah. So in the moment, Byron Katie says you, you're like, yeah, it's true. I am a bully. Yeah. And then you say, wait. The next question is, do you absolutely know that it's true? Right. No. I mean, okay, so no, you no, don't. Right. And then the great thing about the tool is, it's like, okay, if you were that person, say you're watching, it's if you're watching yourself on a movie screen mm-hmm. and you're like super pretty like you are. I mean, obviously. I know, duh. <laughs> and you were to see a person who would never even have the thought of, wow, I'm a bully. Mm-hmm. And, oh, who would never even take it on like you wouldn't, t- the stupidity insult. Right. How would that person behave, think, feel, and act? 
So oh, what does a person who wouldn't even dream of being a bully look like sure. and, and talk like? So well, you really how would try you to describe that? Third party yourself almost. Yeah. So can you describe somebody who's like, how would they act if they just kind of were never even that thought never dawned on them? In the situation where they got yeah. an email like that, I guess just wish that person the best and mm-hmm. let go. I don't know. Right. That'd it, be my first thought. But yeah, it's no, not what I do. But, no. but it's interesting, though, because that's what a good coach, once you're doing the, the work is way deep and that's a little sure. tiny version of it. But it's like, wow. Oh, my God. Like, that's how that person on that movie screen would act. And that's me. Right. Not, I guess so. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Sure. And it's so miraculous because her stuff is so weird but good. And it makes you go, well, the stuff I should really work on is the stuff that I kind of think yeah, is true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It takes away from stuff that you probably do need to actually focus on and work on and right. not spin out about. Yeah. Yeah, because spinning is just like so much anxiety and yeah. such a waste of time. And it time. builds up and builds up and it doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Yeah. What? So so when it comes to taking things personally, um, how are you when I don't I don't know this about you at all. It's just something I take personally too is like, what if like somebody doesn't get back to you quickly enough? Mm. Like I freak out. Not about like people I know love me. Sure. Like you, Blaze, my my sister, my brother, my sister in law, like my good friends. But if I like DM somebody oh, sure. and I'm like Oh, well, I thought we had a relationship. And it's a scene and then they don't yeah. respond. <laughs> I know. I love that. Do you take those things personally? Weirdly not. And I think it's wow. because I'm so guilty of doing that to everyone else. Like I'm just uh-huh. such, I don't know. I'm so terrible at getting back to people. And it's so I know, I mean, maybe that's a good example. Like I know that I wouldn't take it personally. And so I do it to other people. I guess I right. never think like, oh, well, this might hurt someone's feelings, but I am so scatterbrained about like responding to messages or texts. So like when somebody does that to me, I'm like, oh, they probably forgot. Well, which is good because you're literally showing empathy and compassion by saying I'm putting myself in their shoes of like, how would I feel? How would I? Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I wouldn't. Oh, good. Feel. I thought I was making myself sound like a real jerk off, but <laughs> I don't know. Part of me is like, you're treating them like an adult. Right. Okay. Often when we get back to people and we're like, oh my God, it's because they're, they're going to freak out. We're kind of treating them like a baby right, and going, right. oh, wow, poor them. We have to, uh, sure. this idiot's going to really take it wrong. I got a friend recently and this was so funny and, and I took it like, oh my God, I did something so bad. And I'm like, Lisa, you're nuts. <laughs> I I forgot my friend Shane. I forgot if his, if his birthday was on a Thursday or Friday. Uh-huh. So I called him on the Thursday. I said, I want to wish you happy birthday. I'm on the first one. He goes, yeah, because it's tomorrow. And I go, yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. So I was just honest with him. And he goes, but this doesn't let you out of calling me tomorrow, too, until we talk. <laughs> of course, the next day comes, I totally blank out of about course. it. So I <laughs> then didn't hear from him for like a week. And I go, he freaking hates me. Yeah. Shane hates Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, like... Later that week, he goes, oh, things have been so crazy. We bought a house. Oh, boy. And how'd your dancing go and totally. the competition? And I'm like, oh, my God, it wasn't that Lisa. You put yourself in that yeah. center of like yeah. their oh, no. mind space. They have yeah. something a little bigger on their mind, like a house. Like a house. <laughs> you know, it's like when somebody has a disease and we find out, oh, yeah, I didn't get back to you because of the cancer. Right. But uh, but I'm so sorry that you felt like you were. Yeah. I'm so sorry you felt pushed aside. <laughs> neglected. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. So I think... Just the practice of not taking things personally while we're like, oh, it's hard. We get so many opportunities to practice it every single day that it's kind of a good issue to have because we go, well, I could work on it 25 times a day. Like a guy cuts us off in traffic. I used to be like, oh, "Oh, if I were skinnier or prettier, he would have never cut me off. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I do that too. Yeah. I take other things and I'm like, well, they hate me and it's clear from some sort of eyebrow raise or some sort of... (laughs) 
punctuation mark or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. guilty of the same thing for sure. Oh, yeah. And I'll even do it with my dog sometimes. Oh, God, like yeah. I'll be like, oh, what's wrong with me that he doesn't want to cuddle up? Oh, OK. No, I'm not good enough for you. Okay. Yeah, I know. Really? Like, didn't I adopt you? you did and buy, I've done so much for you. You did buy dog treats in the clearance aisle. Let's be clear. And he loves them. Well, yeah. See, sometimes the cheap stuff is the good stuff. <laughs> like that $5 that. shirt like I that bought shirt you. that I'm wearing. <laughs> uh, yes, you'll definitely have to see this one, folks. I outdid myself. <laughs> So before we wrap up this one segment, before we go on to helping other people, what would you say other than that issue of both both of us struggle with, is there another one that you kind of struggle with? Is there sort of another biggie for you? Yeah. And I think maybe they go hand in hand Mm -hmm. and that would definitely be trying to please everybody, trying to make sure everyone is happy with me. And that's a huge issue I face. And I think that might be actually go pretty hand in hand because if yeah. I, if I feel like I maybe didn't please somebody or didn't do what they wanted, then I, you know, spiral into, well, now they hate me and I'm right. so upset. Like you, they truly do wrap up, I think, together. Who do you worry least about pleasing who's in your life on a constant basis? I think the people that are just, like you said, family and mm-hmm. just people that I'm closest with who I can read maybe much better than mm-hmm. than strangers or people I work with or people I don't know as well. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There are definitely some people I, you know, I don't have spiraling anxiety about every single person in my no, life. No, no. But, sure, sure. No, but that's but, good. Yeah. Because I think a lot of our stuff about wanting everybody to be happy. Okay. You're okay. Sure. You're okay. You're okay. It's that control. Oh, like totally. You're okay. I made you. Okay, right. I was now I got nothing to worry about. In my household, I'm very comfortable with. Feel you know? I feel like we're all okay, but then when yeah. it expands into emails and right. work partnerships and things like that, it gets a little iffy. Yeah. I know, and it's like what's wild is if they're not okay, it's their job to make them so right. Okay. Exactly, it shouldn't be on you necessarily, but it does. right, yeah, right. And it, it, it's great to just kind of have perspective on even what our issues are, yeah. Because there there could be anybody else in that seat going, yeah, I worry how everybody is, and that's fine. I know it drives me crazy, but I'm going to keep doing mm-hmm. it. And, I, and it's like we know we have to stop, <laughs> yeah. you know. Because yeah. I'll do that before I went away this week. I had to make sure my mother was uh-huh. all packed yeah. for the cape. I had to make sure she was. You know, I had the cleaning lady coming three days, and uh-huh. the other girl coming two days, and this and that. I'm like. Kind of, if I hadn't done any of that, she'd still be okay. Right, like, there sure. There's literally sure. nothing. She that's, would. Yeah. She has an effing phone. I recently learned about like how that's codependency <sighs> in itself because it's like, well, why do you think that everyone relies on your help? Because we're so. Important. I know. I mean, obviously, it's true, but well, I mean, Christine, we cut you, that part out. <laughs> you and I have a, a lot of the same issues, but what's funny is my need to make everyone in my life mm-hmm. feel like I'm their big savior. Yes, exactly. Really. That's what it I is. I mean, it sometimes works, but then it gets super pushy. And then suddenly you're bitter or, you know, yeah. upset that other people depend on you or expect so much from you. Yeah. It's like, well, you set yourself up that right. way. Like, how dare my you? Issue. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember with Christine, I had, she had a job problem and I went and I, this is years ago, and I, I defended her. <laughs> you I did. Like, you I got on my the white savior. horse you and were. I got a, and part of me was like, okay, so I didn't allow her to have that experience. I didn't allow her to have her journey. It's like force, like Chelsea Handler is such a genius in that new book because mm. talking about how she didn't allow her father to have his dying experience like he mm. would have dictated oh, it because she had to ride up she like the to, white horse, right. but only because it comes from a good place. Sure. But it's that mixture of not letting them have it's the like journey. It's a control thing in a little bit. Yeah. Right. So publicly, I want to apologize to you for- no. <laughs> For saving me from <laughs> a saving. terrible, dangerous work environment. <laughs> Thank you. I like how you regret it so many years later. No, no. I, I Is that why you bought my Target well, groceries I, I do out of guilt. That's why I always buy you things. No, I, I, I don't feel guilty about that one. 
but I feel guilty for anybody I forced help on that sure. didn't want. I it. think that's a big, big issue, and that and puts so, both of you in a weird dynamic. I think yeah. right, and I think it, what it is funny is like asking the person first, "Hey, do you mind if I do this?" Right, right. You know, I have a friend, Vicky, my best friend for thirty something years, where I force her to take money from me because. I just go, she has such a problem with taking. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to allow her to lose her house. So I'm like, no, you're never going to win when it comes to money, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I find a way to make her take it <laughs> where she's finally given up and just saying, okay. Sure. But that helped her evolve. So I don't feel that's right. a messy thing. With you, I didn't feel like it was, oh, Lisa's worse than who I am. What the F? Right, no. So I felt like, oh, I think with you it was okay yeah. with her, but I always have to police. Do they need Sure, me? exactly. Am I the person that needs to step up and be in the center of this issue? Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. like the the white horse, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. There was something that happened recently where I go, I'm going to stick up for that person. And then I thought, but they don't they didn't don't, even ask. They didn't ask for that, right? Like, go home and go to your freaking, <laughs> do, do your life. They'll ask right, if right. they need help. Yeah. Do you ever get resentful, by the way, when people ask you for help? Completely. Oh, Oh my God, me too. Because it's kind of like I've set myself up for like yes. trying to give some, you know, give or help or whatever yeah. it may be. And then when someone like expects it, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm speaking more like parental figures, not friends and things like no, that. Of course. But like, and then suddenly they're like, well, you know, needy or whatever. And I'm like, well, why do you look at me? Like I'm supposed to. And it's like, well, you know, tw- 27 years of life later. Sure. Right. I set myself up for this, but that's a good point. And yeah. do you think it's possible? Cause I think it's possible to break those patterns. Yeah. But they're yeah. going to be like so put off at first, but it's, it's kind yeah. of their journey it's too. Really yeah. 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 And I had to kind of learn that like, oh, that's on me a little bit too. Like it's sure. not, you know, one sided. It's definitely a relationship we've built over the years. That's right. both, both of our faults, maybe a little bit. <laughs> no, I, that's yeah. with all family, I think, yeah. too, because, you know, my mother expects a certain thing. Like my uh, my dad expected a certain thing. My my sister expects a certain thing. I know it makes my sister happier if I call back as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's not going to ever be mad. But I go, eh. What's like the ease the, uh, ease the worry, right? it's, be, it's nicer. Sure. You know, I uh, try to get back to everybody quick or whatever. But sometimes you drop the ball and you go, I hope those people get it. Yeah. And yeah. then it's also up to them to say, look, I, I'm used to you doing this. What changed? Right, right, right. I had a friend who suddenly flipped the script and was like, said she could only talk on Monday through Friday because she wanted to spend time with her husband. <laughs> and I thought it was the gayest, most awful thing. And I'm like, I go, ew, ew, you're so in love. Like, it made me sick because I have such a problem with intimacy. So Long I'm like, test. ew, what do you want to be? Like, we can't hate me. And then I'm like, um, that's kind of your problem, Lisa. Like, right, she's right, allowed right. to actually like her husband, you know? Oh, you, no, I totally get that. Do you make an effort? Do you emblaze? Did you have been away on tour yeah. and now you're back? Was there any adjustment to being back or are you kind of like going, oh, we definitely are going to take some time together? Yeah, like, is I mean, that a balance? I think, I think that's why maybe I was a little sad yesterday because I was just so over. I think I was overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. I just like was so overwhelmed by coming home and being like, well, now what? And I mean, you I and know. I had talked about like, go, go, go and how there's this just drive to do things. And suddenly when there's not when you're having play or you're having yeah. fun and you're like, well, now, like, I feel like I dropped the ball or I failed some way. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think um Definitely. He tries to get me to chill out a little bit. Sure. And I think we both do that for each other. But yeah, it's definitely an adjustment for sure. He's very patient. As you know, he's extremely patient. Yeah. He's a really immense. Yeah. Well, well, that whole thing about um, go, go, go and achieve, achieve. Mm -hmm. I was having lunch with Blaze and Christine yesterday and, you know, I'm 57. So part of me is struggling with like, do I have to achieve anything else? Like, why can't I just sit? You've achieved enough. Aren't I okay? Like, can I just sit? 
Like, why am I doing a podcast? Can I just sit? Like, yeah, what, let's quit. Come on. What's wrong let's with go. that? And I said to Christine, don't you sometimes feel like you shouldn't really accomplish anything else in your life? And she's like, well, I'm 27, so it'll be kind of sad if I don't. I was like, at least give me till 30. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> Give me something to do in my 30s, then maybe I'll coast. But then you coast, you have the babies. I don't want to be that grandparent. Be doctor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't want to be that grandparent that's like, well, when I was 27, yeah. I did one cool thing. I was quite I had a, a podcast. I, I was a looker, I tell you. <laughs> yes, I was. And but, nobody believes me. So you know what's so. interesting, though? Ever since I stopped doing comedy, I find it so much easier to watch funny things. Oh, sure. And to watch people like Fosse Vernon, that great series it's on now go oh my god what a great dancer he was such a great director or this and me just enjoy being mm-hmm. entertained versus entertaining totally. it's not just work anymore yeah do you yeah. i do that i mean with true crime like i do yeah i was gonna ask you that. so many people are like have you seen this show have you seen this movie and i'm like no i don't want to like i want to watch comedy or like yeah. anything totally i want to watch game of thrones something that's about dragons and not you know yeah. murderers because that's all that i spend my time thinking about yeah because know? their podcast if you guys don't know you should definitely yeah they're like out. what's it's her called, problem oh, no, it's called and that's why we drink and it's about uh crime and paranormal activity and the thing about it is, do you find listening to podcasts is almost feels like homework or are you able to listen to podcasts? I think I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I think I've veered and I, I do sometimes listen to true crime too, but I definitely have veered more into like comedy and self-help and that kind mm. of thing because it just feels like a different, totally different road yeah. than what I do. So yeah, but it definitely uh, needs to be. Yeah, needs to be separate a little bit because then it really just does blend into each other. Well, now I you're right because I found the self helpy stuff. I'm like steering you're probably away from over more it, huh? because I'm just like, yeah. oh god, if I have to hear one more of these people with a saying, you're like, I memorized it all. I, I got it. I got your saying. Okay, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Namaste. Uh, Namaste. Platitude. Platitude. <laughs> then again, a platitude. <sighs> and also just the whole um, comedy thing is feeling like. Ooh, I'm out of it. It's so intriguing I can like again. It. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think totally. it's kind of interesting. Now, listen, we're going to come right back with Christine from And That's Why We Drink. Where can they find you on socials? Oh, just look up ATWWD podcast or Xteen Schieffer. Yes. Figure and, out how to spell it. And you'll and if, it yeah. I, like I always say with Lampanelli, if you can't figure it out, you don't deserve to, <laughs> right, thank to us you. or follow <laughs> us. But we're super fun and you should. <laughs> we're going to come back and we'll take a couple minutes to help some of you listeners out there. Stay tuned. Let Lisa help. You're listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. It was a crime no one expected and one many can't forget. 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. A new podcast from WTOP News and Podcast One details the heinous murders of a D.C. power couple, their 10-year-old son, and housekeeper inside their own home. The complicated trail of evidence. She thinks she knows how Darren Wint got inside the house. Oh my God, I saw Amy yesterday. And shocking moments from the trial. His defense team drops a bombshell. Will this investigation lead to the release of confidential audio recordings from the case? So it's under general counsel review. I mean, I'm committing to making a transparent court. 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts today. And now back to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody. It's Lisa Lampanelli, the queen of meaning. And we're on the podcast, Let Lisa Help, where I force my help on unsuspecting <laughs> listeners. My guest host today in the studio is Miss Christine Schieffer from the podcast. And that's why we drink. You can find her on socials at a 
What is it? <laughs> at, no, you got it. At sign X-T-I-N-E, Schieffer, or A-T-W-W-D podcast. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, just blur it all together. It is like crazy. You'll find it. And they have, by the way, the best merch in the world. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really impressed by that because as someone who has kicked ass in the merch area sure. myself, having thongs that say dirty girl on <laughs> Shit, them in you the are, past. We got to figure yeah, that you out. Write that down. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of know what I'm talking about. I have a couple of uh, lovely questions. These are not geared towards your areas of expertise nor mine. So why I don't, don't we just try many, to help so. these poor okay. people? All right, let's go. All right. Dear Lisa, I usually like when they suck up before, like they say, you're so great. I'm so proud of you. This I'm one doesn't. Biggest so fan. let's give them lousy advice. Okay, good. My husband and I have an event venue and it's not going so good. Uh-oh. Oh, I know people say it takes two to three years for success, but I'm struggling with dealing with the stress. We did the design and install of the venue and put everything we have into it. And now we're falling behind on the bills. I missed my second mortgage payment and I am starting to drink to deal with stress. Oh, so this does oh, this apply to you because expertise. you're a boozer who yep. disappears. <laughs> my question is, how do you deal with the fact that maybe I will fail at this? I'm so sad because I'll deal with it fine, Lisa. I will deal with it. Well, Lisa say, was just saying she hands I'm out money fine. to force money on people. I mean, you could just ask for that. That's true. But you know what? I often do think we had a, uh, a listener the other day who was like, um, I need you to help me. I'm an African dancer. And I'm like, is he just asking for money or advice? Because I'm not writing a check. Um, not to do with the fact that he was African or a dancer, but I'm not giving anyone money except Christina. Blaise. Except me for my $5 um, target tees. And Blaze, I'm paying for medical school. Um, so, I mean, she asked this and here's what I have to say. Firstly, when is the last time we drank over a problem and it disappeared? Answer, Christine. When is the last time? Never. Drank, full stop. Last, <laughs> last night. <laughs> oh, no. When was the last time you drank over and a it, problem it worked, and it mean, worked? Um, yeah, you're right. Probably never because the problem seemed to persist anyway. <laughs> Thank you. So there is this thing they say in AA. When you drink over a problem, you have two problems because you wake up and you're a drunken whore and (laughs) you are then also having the same problem. She clearly has a problem a little bit with her spelling, but I won't. That's the third problem, but that's okay. That's probably why she's a failure. Now. She's had a few drinks. Thing. Let her, let well, her have it. I, know, I think she's typing to me drunk, even though the, oh my God, the email's from 1144 AM. Uh, oh, well, for you, that's okay, Christine. Yeah, we're hitting lunch. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So now, okay, first of all, though, I think there's two big things here. First of all, put the booze down, Miss Joey. Joey, put the booze down. It's not going to clear your head. It's not going to work. It's not going to help ever. It's just like with me with food, eating never solves it. The right. only thing that solves it is working through it. Now, Here's what I would say. Christine, tell me where I'm wrong. That's what we learned to say, by the way. In I was going to say that was like hard that? for you, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> tell me where I'm yeah. wrong. I always like, tell me when I'm not when right, I'm not which is oh, like constantly right every <laughs> time. I think the first big problem was putting more into a venue or a venture than you're willing and able to lose. Hmm. So I had a coaching client recently who said, you know, my husband and I want to invest in some like crazy vitamin company. I said, well, how much do you have that if tomorrow you flushed sure. it down the toilet, you wouldn't go broke or miss it or be worried? He said 20000 I said, then do it, but don't do a penny more because sure. you're going to be wanting Draw to kill yourself. Limit. Right. right. So I think only put out, and this even applies to our lives, like what we were talking about before, only put out as much energy as we can afford to lose mm-hmm. on a particular friendship, right, a right. family member. Because sometimes 
they're going to suck us dry. So this venue is sucking these poor people dry. And I know it because I have an email from three months after this one saying the same thing. Oh, no. And I've ignored them both until now. (laughs) So they'll learn a lesson. (laughs) So basically, when you notice that you're yearning inside to start a business, you have to what do your research. Did you, how much did you risk, Christine, on the podcast when you first started? Because right now, I've bragged about you on this show and other episodes, you have about 45 million downloads. Now, people who don't know what that means, that means an F load. That is a huge amount of downloads. That's like freaking Dr. Drew numbers. And he's famous and you're not. So my question is... Exactly. What's the problem here? (laughs) Yeah. No, you guys are killing it. So when you started and you said to yourself, okay, we can put this much money into this equipment. Mm-hmm. What did you, was that a struggle or how much did you put in so you knew you weren't going to lose your, your yeah, house? I mean, we put, oh God, our equipment was $500 and we were like, okay, this is a lot of arm. Like for us at the time, I was sure. temping. I mean, it was a lot of money. Right. Um, and we said, if we ever make it to a point where we even hit, like make that much back or even like a chunk of that back, then we'll be satisfied. And so I think it was more of... I think it was more of an issue of like, okay, we're putting this in. We know it won't kill us or, you know, whatever. But like, even if one little dollar comes back our way, we're going to be happy about it. And so, I mean, I think even if we had had fun and, you know, it would have been worth it anyway. Sure. um, And we would have done it anyway. Well, I think the gratitude in your voice is that wow, there's joy in just kind of doing something yeah, you like. we did not expect any sort of money to come back anyway. Like, yeah. let alone $500. I mean, we didn't expect that back. But um, but yeah, we said, listen, if we have if we have a good time and uh, talk about our interests after work and I get to drink a lot, then I'll be pleased. See? 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 So drinking does work. Just, but just on a podcast just, about well, drinking. Yeah. Okay, Joey, so put down the booze. <laughs> or start a, start your job or centered around drinking. That's what helped me. It does help. Yeah. To really find your niche. <laughs> really, really get in there. You know what I love, too? It's just like people, when they go into a business to make money, it doesn't seem like it ever really works. Right. Like it might, but then you might be unhappy uh, because and then where you do you draw as, the line of like how, how much, right, how much to put in? Or how right. Much, right. There just has to be where you sure. guys kind of went in and going, I love the story about the first time. <laughs> what did you get for free from a sponsor? And you tampons. were just thrilled. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that one. We got tampons and I got a box of tampons and I went, well, I made it. That's it. amazing. Tampons, good for me. See that? And no, the one I was thinking was Hello Fresh because oh, that's like we did. slightly Hello less. When I was like, oh yeah, we actually are doing pretty okay. But the yeah, the yeah, free box of tampons is pretty cool too. And didn't you get something like forty dollars sponsorship? Forty dollars for yeah. our first sponsorship, and we said, you know what? Instead of uh, one aunt or one large pizza, we can order two and oh. we'll have lunch for tomorrow. And it was like the best day yeah. ever because we were like, well, we've gotten more out of this than we bargained for. Almost. Well, see, knowing now, Joey, if you're listening, the way Christine did business, the way people do business who are just simply going after the joy and then having it pay off unexpectedly. Yes, you can't turn back the clock and do that because you have to just now move forward and go, wait, let me see what I can learn from this. The lesson is, okay, the next time I go into a business, I'm not going to drink over a loss. The next time I go into something, I'm only going to invest as much as I can afford to lose. It's I'm going to not pin all my hopes into this Mm -hmm. thing that could bring me down and let me lose the house. You shouldn't have to worry about your dwelling and in order to make something work sure. in your personal or professional life. Yeah. So Joey, when you're homeless, oh, don't God. call me. 
question number two. See, I have empathy. I'll have a drink with you, Joey. Yeah, 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 yeah she will. She'll buy. I will. Okay, Will. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Oh, Uh-oh. he's from Tennessee. That's tough right there. <laughs> I've heard you on two separate radio shows talking about life coaching. I'd love to be a client. Well, that's probably not going to happen because you sound poor. Um, <laughs> I'm an overweight gay man living in a very small town in Tennessee. My first thought is move. Well, yeah. There is no way unless it's Nashville and Knoxville. You have no business being in Tennessee and being a gay man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's Lisa's advice. You're just not right. going to get any Everybody love down there. Everybody just needs there. to move. And just stop. move. Everybody move to New York. If you're gay or overweight, move to New York. <laughs> my parents were never married because my father remains married to his first wife. So I grew up with lots of fighting and alcohol in the house. Again, booze is the devil. I went to school to be a teacher, taught high school Spanish for six years, got my master's in Spanish and a PhD in education. Oh, I mean, that shit. sounds pretty good. He's doing pretty well for a Better fat gay guy. This year, a student sent me something inappropriate. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, which I had a report. Once he got in trouble, he claimed I sent something first. <gasps> no. So there was a full police investigation. Okay. Holy crap. Wow. Now we're in the I'm true taking, crime realm. This is I'm good. Really I'm gonna have getting... to, yeah, we're putting it on your podcast. Okay. Even though they found I did nothing, my school board was afraid of the community finding out a gay man was accused of something. Holy. Thought I was a liability. So I was urged to resign. Now I'm working at a very prestigious university, but you can imagine I could use some life coaching. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wait now my life is really good. Now I'm, I'm at Vanderbilt and my life is so hard. Listen, clearly it worked <laughs> out for the best, I think. What's his name? But uh, Will. Will, okay. I'm using first names only. Will, yes. And I, I Please. don't even want to say, but he has a doctor in his email address. So he's a doctor, PhD. PhD. Yeah. Will, listen to me, Will. Have a little gratitude. Because, yes, this is a terrible thing you went through. No one should be urged to resign because they happen to have a sexual preference that's different from, quote unquote, normal freaking hetero douchebags. So you had wrong done to you. However, if you can look back and say, okay, I did everything right. I can look in the mirror and say Mm -hmm. I did nothing inappropriate then. And I thank goodness landed on my feet. Then let me just have gratitude, have humility and just go forward and forgive that person. Now, Christine, mm-hmm. would you find it very difficult, because I know I would, to have forgiveness oh, yeah. for that person? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier of taking things personally, A, mm-hmm. and B, trying to make everybody happy. And right. I feel like sometimes you just can't make everybody happy and you're not going to. And right. I've had to try and learn, I'm still working on it, that like holding on to that anger and bitterness doesn't benefit you in any way. And they're not going to yeah. get what's, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will get what's coming to them. But yeah, all, like in the end, it I doesn't do. benefit you to right. hold on to that. Yeah. Because I do believe in the end there, even if it's that they just kind of deep in the darkest nights sure. know that they're a bad person, that's enough for me yeah. to go and have a little empathy and go, that poor thing, they had to go through that and maybe they won't grow and that's okay because karma's right. a, a bitch. That's a pain, you know? But if this guy will listen to me, Dr. Will, if you can look in the mirror and say, after my crazy upbringing, okay, with the fighting in the house and the booze hounds, the whiskey sticks, the rum balls that you grew up with, <laughs> that you can now say, hey, I got an edu- excuse me, I have an education. I'm at a great job. And yeah, I'm going to have to let go of that for- and, and just forgive that person. That old saying about 
resentment, mm. holding on to resentment, drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't work. Right. So, Will, you don't need coaching. Guess what you need? You need a good cornholing. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Will, you need to just give some forgiveness to this poor, poor, horrible kid because there's got to be something really wrong with you to right. do that to another person. Right, right. And they're yeah. going to be living with that on their own, too, I guess. And Christine, as a bully, you know this. <laughs> Because you constantly bully, have... <laughs> harass, and, uh, and drink are terrible. And and... So if you want to bully Christine back, you should just go to, and that's why we drink. <laughs> and really, you're going to get an email from me in three months, like, well, everything went down the drain. And, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Now, Christine, just as someone who I know <clears throat> treasures me dearly as yes. a relative and friend, how am I doing on my podcast? You're a veteran. You you have two years under your belt. I do. This oh, is God. my well, my first week. Not my first week, but my first, you know, bunch of recordings. How could I have done better? I think I was terrific. Thank you for your input. I'm worried this is a trick. Yeah, I was like, no, this is just, definitely no, a trick no, question. No, no. Did everything uh, work? Did everything flow for you? Is it okay? Have I been a good host? It's been lovely. It's been really everything I ever imagined. Well, I mean, it's way more professional than even I still we still do today. So, oh, not anything against Eva, but I like truly, we record in my house. So, I mean, this is already an okay. upgrade. Do you um, find my manner appealing? my goodness, they're cut off in the well. Pay for your own <laughs> effing medical school, please. But seriously, thank you so much for coming. You thank are you one of my favorite me. people in the world. I'm so glad you're in Did our she family. say that to everyone? No, I really don't. <laughs> Eva, I've got no use for her. Let me tell you something. No, I, I love you. I love your podcast. People listen to it, and that's why we drink. You were on it's, an early episode. I was a, I was a terrific part of you it. Were. They shoehorned me into some story. We forced you into you something. You sure did. And I tell you what, you got a Webby Award this year. Yeah, and you were there with us. I was so excited. Tell uh, tell the audience which the award was for. That was not a sentence. What was the award <laughs> it for? It was for grammar and no. Uh, <laughs> it was for best comedy podcast. People's, I mean, people's voice. I mean. Well, then Us Weekly interviewed us on the red carpet and talked about you. <laughs> that was great. Us Weekly <laughs> interviewed like, oh, me. Oh, yeah. Her niece was there, too. Yeah. Yes. And they mentioned Christina's quote, my niece, which I love when people don't get credit it was like in my, a story about me. Her niece likes Jenny Slate. I was like, all right. Yep. Thanks, Us Weekly. Our, I do. Our work has been done. They're not wrong. But thank you for being so open and so amazing. Listen to And That's Why We Drink, everybody. And also come right back and hear more from LL. Let Lisa help. It's time to coach the coach. Hey, everybody. It's Lisa Lampanelli, the former queen of me, now the queen of meaning. And we're back. This is a segment. Yeah, it's a segment on my show in which we call Coach the Coach, in which I have my personal clients call in and tell me what I do right, what I do wrong, and if I can change anything in the way I coach them. I call this me being vulnerable and open and hope they don't feel too threatened by my power and might to tell me the truth. I've got Andrew on the phone. Andrew! Hey! How you doing, Andrew? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, New Jersey. Quit bragging. Andrew, let me tell you <laughs> something. Can you tell the audience really briefly what you and I have been working on? Kind of like self-acceptance, uh, weight loss, things of that nature. Yeah. And what I like about you, Andrew, is you 
update me, even if we don't talk that often, you update me once in a while about what's going on with you. So you tell the fearless mm-hmm. truth. You say how you've been eating, how you've been moving, what you've been doing and what your goals are mm-hmm. and what kind of improvements you've been making. So can you tell the audience briefly what you've been working on as far as, you know, what you felt the best part of your progress has been so far? So the eating is not great yet, but I have been doing a lot of introspection, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Right. I told you uh, last time I emailed you, I think, that I started journaling and everything. Mm. And I really opened like a door to um, like kind of sorting out everything I've been through and how I got to where I'm at now. And I also started listening to audiobooks and I learned about various habits that I I have and how I can change them and wow it kind of all tied back to the conversation we had that night back in March mm-hmm. and yesterday I I decided after work I was going to go uh, to one of my happy places and do a bit of journaling and it was probably the most in depth I've had and uh, I think yesterday I kind of like. So yesterday was actually the anniversary of my brother's death. Oh, wow. And I decided, like, it was a good day to go journaling. And thinking about everything we talked about, plus that it kind of all fell into place. And I kind of had an almost epiphany yesterday. Mm. But Now, is that is there anything you'd like to share? What type of epiphany you had? Or is it private? Um, let me, I actually have my journal with me. Give me one second. Sure. I'm just going to read you something I wrote real quick. Great. I think I am almost there. My happiness is at its highest. I found friends who support me, my journey and my happiness. I know what needs to be done and how hard it will be. And then I did like a little like on today. I can say I am ready to be accountable for myself, my habits and my health and happiness. Wow. And I talked about you in there too, but. But you don't want to give me any compliments and make me have a big head. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, You know, I I love this because what it really showing people who are listening is that you're not afraid to do the work. Um, I wish that an hour a week of coaching for people would miraculously change their life. But literally, it doesn't stick with us unless we actually do things. So just by you Mm. keeping a journal, by you actually saying, look, it's the anniversary of my brother's death. I'm really going to go deep and go to one of my happy places to do that and to work on my food and work on my movement, because I know the emails you've sent me that you have been doing that. I really love Mm. that it shows people like, yeah, I kind of have to do it. We all have to do it for ourselves. Because I remember when I used to go to the shrink, and uh, which I still do, but in years ago, it would be like, oh, that one one hour a week is where I work on myself, and then the rest, I'm still a total raging a-hole. So it's mm. it really shows people that the work is not fun, but it does prove fruitful. So would you say, since we started talking, that um, everything started to you know, at least filter out a little bit better and you've been able to sort of get a handle on things more and you feel better? Oh, yes. When we started talking, you put me, you definitely like took me, I was lost mm-hmm. and everything I tried to do fell through in some way or form. Right. And I guess you were kind of like the only thing that kind of came through. And in, like after we talked, I had an actual direction to go in. Um, like my doctor, he was helping me out too, but I, we, I was having like second thoughts and everything, and uh, just needed like the support that I wasn't getting. And mm-hmm. I did try to go to therapy myself, but that keeps falling through. And 
Um, so definitely, like, since we started talking, things have been going in the right direction. Wow. And I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. And how old are you, Andrew? 24. Yeah. And I think, again, you know, a lot of the people who I coach are older than their 40s and 50s. But it's also really good when somebody who is of a young age can actually say, I'm going to do the work. And it's therapy and uh, coaching isn't just for people in their, uh, you know, middle of their lives who are feeling lost, you know. In your 20s mm-hmm. and 30s, that's hard, too. So I'm really proud of you. I'm always really touched when someone who's you know younger really reaches out. So I can't thank you enough for being somebody who I can look at and say, ooh, there's a great example for people I work with. I truly appreciate it. Well, I can't thank you enough for being here. Um, so there was a point in time where I was kind of depending on friends and everything to help me through everything. And they did their best. I'll give them credit on that. But I guess I got to a point where I was too much for them and they kind of either shut me out, ghosted me, disappeared, and uh, it kind of added to it. But at the same time, it put me in a mindset where I kind of realized for a little bit, I'm a little bit on my own for this and I need to go through some things alone. And I forgot where I was going with that. Well, no, I think what's great about it is that, yeah, friends and family do have a limit. You know, they're in our Mm. lives. Sometimes, you know, they have to step back a little when the journey is too much for them. And instead of being annoyed with them, we can just be like, okay, well, that's, you know, I'm just going to look to them for fun or for a different thing other than the constant support. And you were smart enough and brave enough to reach out. So anyone out there who's listening, just learn from what Andrew said. Don't think your friends and family are in the enemy and horrible because they're not your th- not your shrink. Sometimes you have to <laughs> go and seek some professional help and it'll really pay off. So now you can have sort of less heavy relationships with people and that might be just what you need. Do you, do you know what I mean, Andrew? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, actually, it got to the point of one friend where... I would get really mad with her because I wanted to, I have this habit. Every time we watch TV, I had to have junk food, had to have popcorn, sugary food, something like that. And if she saw me walking up with the bag from CVS, she'd be like, no, leave it in your car, eat it later. You're not eating it in my house, that kind of thing. Right. And, um, I would get mad at her for that. Like, I don't want to watch TV then. And, um, Eventually, it just kind of became second nature, and that's part of the thing that I'm diving into right now, like habit forming. Yes. So it was kind of like she was changing a routine, and then the outcome was different. So it eventually just became second nature, like, oh, I don't actually want to eat sugary foods while watching TV anymore. Wow. So basically, she was kind of an angel there. And at first, of course, they always annoy us because they're like, oh, my God, you're wanting me to grow. How dare you? You know, so (laughs) oh, I'm proud of you, dude. Well, listen, if I could do anything to help you in the future, you just let me know. I'm an email away. And um, Mm -hmm. I just uh, I think and again, you know, clearly you've come a long way. I expect uh, this to continue. I'm sure it will. And uh, whatever I could do for you, I would love to. So thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. You got a lot of guts, kid. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay, God bless. What did we learn? You guys, this has been a wonderful episode of Let Lisa Help. I think we've learned a lot. 
I think we've learned that I'm the truly best coach in the world, that all our issues are the same. We all have some crap to work on. And guess what? If you need help, get help. Don't be afraid. Get vulnerable. Get asking. There's help all over the place on a sliding scale for free out there. If you don't have money, you go to your friends, go to your family. But if they're if you're too much for them and you need professional help, go for it. So we will see you back next week for another episode of the fabulous Lisa Lapanelli. Let Lisa help. Thanks for listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. For more info on Lisa's storytelling shows, her workshops, and her life coaching services, go to lisalampanelli.com. You can also follow Lisa on the socials at Lisa Lampanelli. New episodes of Let Lisa Help are available weekly on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if you love the show, make sure to leave a rating and review.